Welcome in to Talking Terps, a show which covers University of Maryland basketball and football. Talking Terps is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Terrapins. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into Talking Terps. I'm your host, Zach Kiesel. Uh, Talking Terps is brought to you courtesy of Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. Mercer's a third generation family business established in 1959, located on Main Street in beautiful historic downtown Westminster, Maryland of Carroll County. For all of your flooring needs, think Mercer. So we got a special NCAA tournament episode tonight for you. Uh, Maryland made the NCAA tournament as a 10 seed in the East region. Uh, Michigan is the one seed in that region. They're going to play seven seed UConn on Saturday night. And to help me break down that game and the tournament as a whole, going to bring in my co-hosts, Mike Popovic, Pat Donahue. Pat, how's it going, man? Sorry, my... Uh... Did you did you kick it to me there? My computer yeah, lagged a little bit. My bad yeah, there, Zach. It's uh, it's all good. I'm doing great, man. I mean, this is my favorite time of year. Last year, when everything got shut down, um, there was obviously a lot of emotions going through everyone's head. But one of the things I was most upset about was the tournament being canceled. Not only because I was looking forward to covering Maryland in that tournament and their hopes, but also just like I said, one of my favorite times of the year. Love brackets. Love seeing my picks win or lose and um yeah man it's 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 great i'm really excited you know that they were able to figure it out and that we are a couple days away from some uh, great college basketball yeah it's gonna be a fun weekend mike how are you I'm doing well, and I think the thing that I love about this time of year, and I certainly echo Pat said of it, it's good to have the tournament back, both conference and the NCAA tournament, is the amount of athleticism that you see. And look, I, football is my number one sport, but with basketball, all the different things that go into it, the running, the jumping, the shooting, the athleticism displayed and some of the plays that you see is just uh, it's a spectacle to watch. It's a joy to watch and uh, really uh, looking forward to uh, the 68 teams and all the games that we've got coming up. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. I know I mentioned last week, you know, people don't need to take off work. It's all there in front of you. It's going to be great. Uh, we're all going to have a good time. Uh, Maryland is going to tip off. So I do want to look back just quickly. Big Ten tournament, recap that a bit. Uh, they Maryland made it to the quarterfinals. They did win one game against Michigan State. That was important for their tournament hopes. Uh, they played well against Michigan State, as it seems like, Mike, uh, for as much as they've got Michigan State's number, uh, Michigan has their number. Uh, it's a it's a great matchup for Maryland against the Spartans, the complete opposite against the Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that stick out. One is that Maryland did a great job, as we know, getting to the free throw line against Michigan State, not relying on the three too much, and getting to the basket and shooting a lot more free throws and being successful there. And, of course, we know they're an outstanding defensive team. You know, Michigan State's not a great offensive team, but they're great on the offensive boards, though, as we know. Uh, and then Michigan is a completely different team where they're much better offensively. And I thought what hurt them is what helped them in the first half. And what I mean by that is I think there was something like five of nine in the first half shooting from three. And in the second half, I think that gave them the confidence to shoot the three too much. And that hurt them. Now, part of it may have been tired legs, and that's why they resorted to shooting the three. But they got away from 
getting to the basket and drawing fouls. I'm not sure Aaron Wiggins had one free throw shot against Michigan, and it was just really a tale of two games. The formula for Maryland offensively is, yeah, you got to shoot the three some, but whether you're on or off, whether they're making them or not, you've got to still have a, a you know an interior game, whether it be you know short jumpers or getting to the free throw line. And that was really the difference between the two. They held in against Michigan as long as they could, but Michigan just had too much firepower, probably some tired legs here as well. And this team's strength, we know it's not shooting the three. It hasn't been all year. Aaron Wiggins, really the only guy that you want shooting the three. And Hamilton as well. Yeah, at a regular pace. I mean, Dante Scott, you would say earlier in the year, but he his three-point shooting has really dropped off here towards the end. He had a couple nice shots in that Michigan State game uh, and in the Michigan game, but really they were ice cold, like like you said, Mike, from three. And they're, they're, the formula for success is play great defense, and they can typically do that on a game-by-game basis. Uh, the defense never really drops off with the defensive player of the year on your on your on your starting lineup that's 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 a good thing but shooting the three is not the formula for success offensively it's driving it's getting fouled making your free throws mid-range jumpers and you're right mike they just didn't do that against michigan and we see this in games where they perform well and they're able to do what they want to do they're getting to the free throw line they're getting most of their points in the paint their three-point percentage is relatively uh efficient and that's just not what they did against Michigan. So the formula for success seems pretty clear, Pat, moving forward. Now you have, and I want to mention, uh, we've got a ton of NCAA tournament coverage up at BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Articles, uh, you know, we've got a few coming out, it seems like, every day. Chris Naki has one. Um, Mike, you wrote one on uh, Mark Turgeon. Uh, that's definitely a good read. And then Pat, you have one up uh, previewing UConn. So give us just an, an overall look at what we can expect from the Huskies. Yeah, and you, and you guys alluded to it uh, pretty well because if Maryland wants to win this game, they're going to have to not rely on the three. That, UConn, one of their biggest strengths is defending the three-point shot because they have very um, long, athletic, scrappy guards. They're a scrappy Big East team back back in the Big East this year for the first time in, in a while, and it, it's good to see. Um they are not the easiest matchup for Maryland. Uh, I mean, not that it's supposed to be easy in the tournament, but sometimes you just get that dream matchup where things, you know, go your way. But this is uh, this is tough. They're going to be able to match Maryland guard for guard, and we know that's Maryland's Maryland's strength. And and they have a um, very efficient front court. They're not a huge team like in terms of height, so that'll maybe help Maryland a little bit. But they are very. Um, good rebounding team and they get a lot of blocks so they have these like six nine guys six seven guys that are very athletic and long um, that can still defend the paint Um, it'll be uh, two similar looking teams teams that like to play in the half court and play slow play defense predominantly so I think we'll see a lower scoring game here Um, the thing that has me worried and and honestly like all you know, full disclosure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Maryland in my bracket just because I'm a Maryland fan and they're a ten seed and and it's. I think it's close enough that when it's close enough, I might as well pick them. But if I'm looking at this from a completely objective point of view and have no stake in the game, I might side with UConn solely on the fact that they've been playing better of late. They're one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament and not only winning games, they're winning like they've been blowing teams out. They blew out. 
the final five Big East teams they played until they lost to Creighton in the semifinals of the tournament. Um, I believe it was like 18.4 points per game they were beating teams by their last five wins. So they're decisively beating teams, and that all coincides with getting their best player back, James Booknight, who is a probable NBA lottery pick. Um, he's got everything you want in a – he's a six six guard, two guard. I mean, he's literally NBA prototype um, and can do it all. Um, on both ends of the floor. So I expect to see Daryl Morsell on him uh, predominantly. I mean, even just a complete shadow would be probably good. Um, Morsell's going to have to be up to the task, but I'm sure he is because he's been covering the best Big Ten players all season. So that'll be the matchup to watch and and go a long way in determining the game. But uh, it's going to be the ancillary players and whose role players can step up um, and who can have more of their players step up that are probably going to, you know, is, that's probably what's going to decide this game here. Yeah, Ken Palm currently ranks uh, UConn at number 16. Maryland's at 31. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. one of the bigger splits in this in those 7-10 games. Yeah. Um, and it's just you because mentioned... UConn, you know, UConn has what it takes to take advantage of Maryland's weaknesses with that yeah. with that efficient front court and with guards that can pretty much defend and score just as well, if not better than Maryland's guards. So it's going to come down to effort and who brings more of an effort that game. Who's who hits the bigger shots in the big moments. Um, Maryland's been a pretty good free throw shooting team throughout the year. They're about they're like in the better half uh, of of the country and of the tournament, but they're. We, we've seen them have their games where they go cold there for some reason. So they're going to have to have a good game there, and they're going to have to, as we talked about in the beginning, get to the line, drive, take efficient, you know, cut, take efficient uh, two-point baskets and not settle for the three and get three happy. And I think second-chance opportunities offensively could be big in this one too because we saw against Michigan State, and I know we talked about it last week, a team that likes to run. Maryland really, Mike, didn't crash the offensive glass. They chose to defend in transition. Against UConn, you can uh, crash the offensive glass a lot more because you know they're not really a threat in transition. And it, I, you know, Maryland can be a good rebounding team when they choose to do it. And I agree. I mean, Aaron Wiggins is a guy that could crash the boards. Dante Scott is a guy that certainly we know could rebound well in the front court. So, yeah, you would tend to think that if UConn's game is more half court, that Turgeons would be willing to commit two guys to the offensive boards and likely have the other three get back on defense there. Uh, so I, I certainly agree with you uh, on, on that matter. I, I think yeah, if they put more of their mind to it, they can rebound better. And I think in that Michigan State game, despite the fact that, shockingly enough, Michigan State still had uh, out-rebounded them on the offensive boards. It wasn't actually by much, uh, so they they did a, a fairly good job there. I, I think the thing, Pat, to me, though, that sticks out about UConn compared to Maryland is, okay, they beat Hartford early in the year. Hartford uh, is in the tournament, I believe, out of the America East. I believe that's uh, uh, Hartford's uh, team. And then they have a nice win against USC. But outside of those two, I, I don't see a schedule that exactly – it sticks out to me like, wow, they have a lot of big-time wins or big-time signature games. Uh, I think that certainly Maryland is a heck of a lot more battle-tested than UConn is. I think that's an advantage for the Terps in this one. And I think that's going to be a big question in this tournament with so many Big Ten teams that have been through the gauntlet on a game-by-game basis. How big of an advantage does that give you 
um, in the tournament, um, both for the top teams and some of the lower tier teams like Maryland and Rutgers. How far can you go? How big an advantage does that give you? And how big a disadvantage is it for teams like UConn or teams who have missed a lot of games due to COVID or whatever? You know, how big of a of an advantage and disadvantage is that? I think that that's going to be definitely something to watch for here. And, and you know what stinks? I mean, to me, UConn has everything I I would want in a team, like a Cinderella team. Not even a Cinderella team, just a good tournament team. They could go if they beat Maryland. They could go on a run in this, and I'm going to have them going out first round. So that's what you get for being a homer. Well, yeah, I mean, you really can't. I mean, as long as you don't have Maryland in the Sweet 16, I think that's where you really show homerism. Yeah, that's true. This might not be the year for that, but but you know, you make a great point, right? Maryland is definitely going to be the more battle tested team. We will see. I mean, I think the Big East was pretty good. It certainly wasn't a classic Big East year or, or its strongest year by any means. Um, but it did have a handful of tournament teams. And then Connecticut has wins over each of those teams and close games and in, in other games with those teams. So um, it, I, we, we will, I guess, see how big that gap really is. No doubt the Big Ten is yeah. better, I mean- but... And Georgetown got, I mean, I, not to take too much away, Georgetown, yes, they got hot. They won the Big Ten or Big well, East. True, tournament, but are but they a real tournament they team? True. Right. If they don't win it, then they're, if they don't win that tournament, they're not getting in it at large. True. So to me, and UConn blew that them out, though. But UConn blew them out both times they, they played them. So they, you know, and USC is a great win. Um, I just, yeah. I think it's going to be, I mean, this will be, this will be a one, if both teams show up, which I assume they will. This is going to be that one possession, low scoring. This is going to be a rock fight. Well, it's in prime time, Saturday, 7 o'clock. That'll be CBS. good. Yeah, um, that'll be great. They're going to be playing in Mackey Arena, so Purdue's home arena. So at least Maryland's familiar with it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how big an advantage that gives you. But We've played well. We've played well in Mackey before. So Yeah. So they're Tough at least place. used to the backdrop, I guess. Which yeah, and I didn't know they were using Mackey. I knew the other places, but uh, yeah, no, I certainly certainly take that. I guess the one guy uh, is it Josh Carlton Pat that's six eleven. That's the one guy size wise that concerns me a little bit. There. Yeah, he only plays spare minutes for them. Like he's obviously, I mean, he gives them like ten times more than uh, Chol gave. You know, Maryland, right. but, they, but yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't play much. You're saying, well, he gives, he gives good men. He might only play like 10 minutes a game, but he play they're good 10 okay. minutes and they're defensive. So you're minutes. saying, you're saying they're not Reese Mona minutes. No, they're that's <laughs> the other thing too. I mean, they're much deeper. They got guys that they can go to, um, you know, seven and eight deep. Uh, Maryland's been shortening that bench up a little bit. So really, I mean, they're going to need, you know, Dante Scott's got to break out of that slump. Daryl Marcel needs to, score and defend which is tough i mean he's going to be defending book night how much can you really ask him to do on the offensive end um and and really ayala and wiggins are going to have to both come close to scoring 20 points so um that that's it just is what it is i gotta it's it's time to bring it well and i think that if you tell Morcel, look we want you to concentrate your efforts mostly on defense we're not going to ask much of you offensively that's going to allow scott to get back in the swing of things i feel like really morcell has been that secondary or tertiary guy to to ayala and wiggins well and i think that has hurt scott to an extent now maybe it's because more attention's being paid to scott or what have you that morcell's doing better there but i think at a game like this pat to to your point hey look 
Daryl, we, we need you to be our fourth guy. Yeah. You know, we got Wiggins, Ayala, and Scott. Those need to be our three main scores of the starters. Yeah, and, and forget the rest of the season. You know, Hakeem Hart, Galen Smith, and Jairus Hamilton. You have a big game in the tournament and help us advance. Like you're a Maryland legend, basically. You know, so like, and and Hamilton. You know, this is this is his. Um, I'm, I'm actually. Blanket. Does he have another year left after this? I feel like this is Hamilton's last year, or one of them. I think this is his last. Yeah, this one. is his I last he year. Was a grad transfer. Yeah, transfer. well, one of them's a junior, and I think one's a senior. So I think Galen Smith has one more. I think one of them has one more that year, and the other one's right. last year. But I could be getting it mixed up. But either way, this is these guys don't have a, a long career at Maryland, a long time to cement a legacy, and they didn't really have a huge impact this season. I mean, they played a lot of minutes, but they were not really the reason Maryland won many or any games. So they, you know, they flashed moments, but um, now now's the time they're, they're going to need one of those guys to kind of come out of nowhere and hit a couple of big shots, get a couple of big rebounds. We need to be diving for loose balls. It needs to be an all out effort. Well, and with Hakeem Hart's length, you'd like to think that he's a guy that maybe, yeah. you know, Gives you some quality points, rebounds. He's another guy who could defend Book Knight a little bit. Stops. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He had some really good. Was that the Michigan game or the Michigan State game? He had some really good deflections that led to transition. He's so long at the top of the zone. Him yeah. and Wiggins are perfect for the top of the zone. Um, and and I and Marcel's not even as long. He's just so instinctual and and good on defense. Um, yeah, I mean. This is this game's also probably going to get chippy. I mean, Big East like and just UConn ball, they're going to scrap. Maryland's been scrappy all year. The coaches don't like each other. Uh, everyone's going to be coming from being literally locked in a hotel room. Um, this is going to be like, yeah. Hopefully, like heads don't blow up and technicals don't go flying that that hurt teams. But I'm I'm telling you, this is going to be a very entertaining game. Yeah, after Mark Turgeon and uh, Jawan Howard tried to throw down. Yeah, I'm not Turgeon's really sure. revved up. Yeah, I'm not sure how well that would have ended for Turgeon. Probably not but, that uh, great. Jawan Howard's probably like the number one college basketball coach that like you don't want to fight. Well, but <laughs> uh, but Dan Hurley, while he was the head coach at Rhode Island back in 2015, Maryland uh, went down to for the Cancun Challenge, and the two of them tried to fight. Exactly. Each other. Now I will say. I think Mark Turgeon would have a much better shot fighting Dan Hurley than he did Jawan Absolutely. Howard. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, you know? what, yeah, I think he could take Dan Hurley. Perhaps. <sighs> what's what's okay, fill me in on the on the uh, Hurley Turgeon uh, beef. Well, it was I just, almost forget too. They like said something to each other. Didn't they say something to each other in like the handshake line or something like that? Or was it during the game? I forget what I think happened. It was during a game because okay. they had to be like separated and there were technical fouls on both coaches yeah. assessed. There might have been two incidences too. I'm wondering. I think there we've were. We've played Rhode cause... Island more than once in recent years, so there might be. Yeah. This might. St- they just don't like each other. But they both played point guard uh, for high major schools. You know, around the same time. Uh, yeah, it it could be that. I think Targe might be a little older, but I I think they might have been in school around the same time. Well, and you you guys know what happened, or maybe you don't. With uh, and I got beat up. By the way, you'll appreciate this. I got beat up on the Big Ten Conference Facebook page, and I rarely make comments on Facebook <laughs> pages because they're just, they're just so negative. Everybody's looking to kill one another. But I, I at the end of the day, Juwan Howard has been mouthing off that Maryland players and Turgeon 
both in the first, second game and part of the third game as well until Turgeon, you know, fought back. We also have the situation with Dickinson mouthing off at the Maryland sideline. Uh, but uh, Turgeon went to the Big Ten about it uh, after the second game and complained, but he just, you know, whatever happened, he said something back, uh, got tired of of Howard acting like he's still a player. And that's what's been going on. Howard's been trolling at Maryland, and that's what drove him to say or do whatever he did uh, that, that I guess, uh, I <laughs> drove it. Howard to tease. I love so it. That, that's what happened, but I mentioned that on the Big Ten Conference Facebook page because, of course, a lot of people uh, assume that Howard was in the right, Maryland was in the wrong, and when I pointed out that I have it on very good authority for people at that game that that wasn't the case, uh, I got beat up and said, oh, of course, you're from Maryland and all that, and then I said, oh, guess what? I'm a Michigan fan, too, and my wife's family's from Michigan, and then all of a sudden, cricket from them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I had to stick up for Turgeon. That's that's unacceptable behavior from Juwan I mean, Howard. clearly what he's doing is working, though, because he's killing it, One, you know, winning the Big East, or sorry, Big Ten, and uh, had the number one recruiting class coming in, you know, like he – Well, he's kind of like the bas- He's kind of like the basketball version of Jim Harbaugh. Sort of. <laughs> well, he's a big child yeah, who pretty, yells a lot. Yeah, that, that sounds <laughs> well, about right. I, I, well, a lot of people think Harbaugh, that he could use some fire again, that he, he got <laughs> away from the fire he had the first couple of years, which that won him a lot of games. But the uh, the thing is, though, it, it, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Sports Illustrated's done a piece on Howard, talked about a really, really close friend of his slash kind of mentor slash father figure that passed away of COVID recently. And so all of a sudden you're like, uh, and then he's lost two other friends, one to a medical issue, and I think two others to medical issues, cancer and diabetes. And it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, okay, may, maybe I'll cut him a little bit of slack. <laughs> well, Turgeon did cut him a little bit of slack. He, yeah, he, he didn't did. say anything till the third game. Well, right, right. If he did if he did mention the banners, <laughs> and a, I, I tell you, I laughed my tail off. If that's true, A, who could blame him for defending himself and his team, but B, that's just creative as heck. I love Man, it. You know Turgeon, after those first two games, had something good locked and loaded. And especially with the Dickinson <laughs> stuff, you know, it, he yeah. wasn't going to go after one of the opposing players, but he was going to go after the coach. You know he didn't like any of the stuff that Dickinson was play- saying. I mean, for him to call out mm-hmm. Turgeon in the media, that's just classless. But he's a kid, okay. But once Howard starts mouthing off, that's fair game. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Well, hey, hopefully it gives Maryland a little bit of fire. I mean, you, you got that was your last game ended in, you know, almost, you know, waning minutes of the game ended in kind of a brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're locked in a hotel for a week. Hopefully mm-hmm. that gets them fired up. I will mention uh, Jared, the Hamilton and Galen Smith, uh, they're switched. So Hamilton has another year. Galen Smith, this is his last year. Okay, that's. I thought I had that mixed up. It came out wrong the first time. So yeah. But By still, the way, it, time to shine. Obviously, I will not be rooting for UConn for a million reasons. But <laughs> Brendan, uh, Brendan Adams, number ten for UConn, is a Baltimore guy. Went to my high school at Calvert Hall and mm. uh, plays averages twenty minutes a game for them. So. Did Randy Etzel recruit him up there? <laughs> <laughs> With all of his Baltimore ties. Also, no, he, I, sorry. Go ahead. My bad. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Fin- finish your thought. I was just going to say, I think uh, Hurley had recruited him based on what I'm seeing here to Rhode Island, but then he okay. went to UConn. So. But it okay. says he's a junior, so I'm not sure if he transferred from another score or what exactly. I'll have mm-hmm. to take a look at that again. Anyway. Um, what I was going to say was there, there is a player, um, a key player. We should touch on this. I don't know where we're about to move on to exactly, but 
uh, RJ Cole starting point guard for UConn questionable for the game. Um, I checked yesterday. I haven't checked yet today if there's been an update, but it's a concussion protocol thing. So uh, obviously like a day-to-day sort of thing. Um, That would be a big loss for UConn. So if they um, are missing their starting point guard, I do think they could still keep it close or possibly win without him. But he, he, you know, he's a pretty good player and obviously part of a a key backcourt. So, um, yeah, that's just something for people to watch out for. And second leading scorer and yeah, second leading scorer and leading assist guy and and pretty important. It looks like he's got you know, looks like he's best on the team. His most efficient three point shooter on the team. Yes, too. he's very good from deep. Yep. So I mean that's important. And when you when you run a half, they have a lot of good like shooters. That. They they can shoot the three too. But Maryland defends the three pretty well. They do. Um, I think this team's gonna. I think this game's gonna be one in the paint despite all the guard talent. And that's why I'm a little worried for Maryland, but. Let's go, Galen Smith and Jarris Hamilton. It's time. You know, for a team in UConn that's, time. that's not super big, I mean, Galen Smith is a guy, you know, he's got that hook shot. Mm-hmm. You ought to be able to get it over some of these smaller guys in this front court. Yeah. And Jarris Hamilton's only real offensive success has come when he's banging down threes. But, yeah. sure, do that, like, and get some rebounds. Um, yeah, we stretch, go. you know, put put whoever, you know, whoever these – Big guys are make them defend the three. Yeah. See if they well, see if they can do that. But and yeah, I, I think Galen Smith might be the key because rebounding as well. He's a guy who can box out pretty well when he's not totally oversize overmatched yep. size wise. That could be. Big. And, and you guys were mentioning you know offensive rebounds earlier and how big they're going to be. Well, UConn's got the the tenth best offensive. Um, sorry, sixth best offensive rebounding rate in the nation. So they granted that's against you know Big East, but that's what they're good at. We need to get that in check because they cannot. I mean, you give a player like James Booknight two shots on the same possession, yeah. nine times out of ten, one of those is going to go in. So, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to make sure that they do not let that sixth, you know, ranking come to fruition in, in this game at least. Well, and that's for playing Michigan State a couple of times in the last two weeks. Uh, I mean, that's certainly good. You know, I'd say good practice, but again, their strategy, unfortunately, was to get back on defense and not crash the boards there. Um, so it's the weirdest happen. Michigan State team ever. I don't even know what to make of them. They they seem to play different every time I I watch them, and uh, they haven't had an identity all year. Rocket Watts is kind of fun to watch, but like, I don't even know. Like, do they beat UCLA? Like, what do you guys think? I mean, I keep going I back and forth on that one. It's like a, literally, they probably do, and then they I sneak into maybe, the tournament. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I definitely well, I played better seen... competition than UCLA because the Pac-12 does not impress me that much. Yeah, UCLA was was pretty solidly on the bubble, and I mean that was that was they, it US, the they had a US couple big wins, them in a buzzer beater in one of the games. Yeah, I just I don't know. UCLA's got some talent, and then they have um, who is it? Who, one of the one of the old mid-major guys is is their um, head coach now. He's uh, from Cincinnati. Nick. Cincinnati, Nick. That's it, McCronin. McCronin. Yeah, right. Um, so you know, you know, they're going to be a solid defensive team. Yeah, they're yeah they're they don't play the way that like UCLA usually plays, like getting up and down. So they're going through this like weird transition. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, well, I haven't really watched them much. I can't really say I'm a UCLA expert, but I know Michigan State. You never know what you're going to get this year. 
Well, Ben Ben Braun didn't play that way either. He played defensively half court and went to what three Final Fours with UCLA. Yeah, well, they just there you go. just couldn't get over the hump. But but actually, let me go back and correct what I said. Actually, yes, playing Michigan State in the last couple of weeks helps because Michigan State's a good offensive rebounding team, and you know Maryland obviously defensively wanting to prevent that. So they've at least faced a team that that commits to offensive rebounding. So that that won't be something new when they face UConn here um, on on Saturday. Uh, but, you yeah. know, I talked about Marcel needing to probably conserve his energy and not be, you know, one, two, or three in terms of offensive options, you know, for them. But he's another guy, though, that we've seen has backed down guards that he's been bigger than and try to post them up in the last couple of games. We've really seen Eric Ayala do that. So anything that could draw fouls and get them into foul trouble a little bit certainly would uh, help, especially if uh, – was it Cole that you mentioned? Um if Cole's out. Yeah, if he's out, yeah. And he's yeah, a little yeah. guard. He's a little guy, as, as Marilyn or as uh, Turgeon would say. But um, the rest of their guards are actually huge. Might be are bigger than as big or bigger than Maryland guards. So that could be a. It might not be a ton of room anywhere, but yeah, you uh, you based on what I'm saying, you're right though. Yeah. yeah. So this is like I said, this is gonna be just who comes ready to play, who who wants to make the big shot at the big moment because. I don't see a ton of scoring, but you're going to have to make some clutch scoring and hit your free throws. Actually, yeah, that's one thing. Let me see what let me see what UConn I, is free throw wise. Ninety uh, sixth, and Maryland is UConn seventy three percent as a team. Yeah, I think that's I think better that's than our, yeah, that's better. Yeah, we're only seventy percent, so okay. slight edge to them. But uh, Maryland's been better recently. Yeah, I feel like. it's all about that night and who you know hits them on that night. As long as Ayala is the main one hitting the free throws, we're good. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not like Galen Smith or whoever. Get to the line, knock him down. I agree. And I mean you get him you get into foul trouble and then you get into the bonus early rather than late. That's gonna be huge. Um yeah, but the and the second chance opportunities as well. You know, you get you know, get offensive rebounds and if even if it don't go down, get fouled. Get to the line. Uh, that slows down the game. That's how both of these teams want to play. Um, I think the the formula is clear. Drive, get fouled, get to the rim, do your most of your damage in the paint, rebound. Don't turn the ball over as well because we've seen in recent in recent games when Maryland doesn't play well, they're turning the ball over at, at a rate that's way too high. And in a game like this, you're not going to be able to have that. Now, I will say this, that throws a wrench in all of this <laughs> that we're talking about, and that is – if the refs let them play, yeah, the opportunities to go to the free throw line might not be as numerous as we would like them to be. And if it's Big Ten it. refs, we're screwed. Well, it, it, just in, in the refs knowing, and, and look, I'm not saying they predetermined this, but if the refs going in know, though, that these two teams are scrappy and physical, they may just say, hey, okay, we're going to let them play. We don't want to be the reason why these teams aren't playing to, you know, the style that they play and, and who they are, et cetera. We don't want to interject ourselves or, too much. Or we'll see them, yeah. you know, re- try and reel it in early and call a lot well, of early and, and, whistles. Right. And that at yeah. first half over. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that's, and that's a great, and, and Pat, that's a great point too. Uh, and maybe they'll wait to see if it gets chippy. And if it does, then they'll start calling it tight. I mean, you know, obviously you kind of have to adapt to the way, that the uh, the the refs are are calling it, and you're right. I guess that could go either way too. 
Well, another thing to think about in, in a game like this that's expected to be physical is Maryland, like we mentioned earlier, and I think, Pat, you mentioned it, Connecticut, a much deeper team. You get into foul trouble, Maryland's going to be the one that has a bigger issue uh, early than Connecticut. That is true. Uh, especially the big guys. You know, Galen Smith gets into foul trouble, and then, you know, Dante Scott and Hamilton have to play the five. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't think going small against UConn's going to work at all. Yeah. And does Maryland maybe decide to change things up and go zone uh, more often to keep guys out of foul trouble? And since UConn isn't a very good shooting team, you know, to force them to do, you know, to force them to shoot from the outside at that point. But they can shoot the three pretty efficiently. And that I think is the problem. Like, like you mentioned, Pat, they do have a lot of guys that can shoot the three. So I don't know if the zone, you know, that, that may not be. Yeah. Oh, it would have to be like a zone dare them to shoot. If they're starting to knock down shots, then yeah. if you see that they're cold, switching to a zone might throw them off. And, and like you said, keep people out of foul trouble and create some turnovers. So perhaps um, if they get into foul trouble though, they're definitely going to have to go zone. And Maryland's always at its best when they're, when they're versatile and, and changing things up throughout the game. That's yeah. all their best wins in at least the last two years have been, because Turgeon used to never change like anything much during the middle of the game, but now we've seen him do it, and and it works. So um, they're going to have to adapt uh, to and see what UConn team shows up. But UConn's been playing its best ball, and they got their best player back. So I would expect whatever on tape you're seeing is the best UConn. Expect that even maybe ramped up a little bit. So let's move on and talk. You know. Uh, hypothetical world will we'll knock on wood. Maryland wins their second round game. Uh, the round of 32 would be against the winner of Alabama and Iona. Uh, we all assume uh, that that's going to be Alabama, given the likelihood of well, 15s locking off a two. But in 2021, who the hell knows? I wanted Iona to be and, one of my squads that I picked as like because you know Rick Pitino back in the Pitino. Uh, back in the tourney's got you know an axe to grind with the NCAA. He would love to win a game, but and who knows? It could happen. Oh, because the NCAA was not in the wrong at all. He was completely right. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not yeah. playing. No, no, no. Yeah. I know that. Pat, no, no. I know. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. it, does he really have a right to be angry? No, no. But you obviously, you know, he'd love to get his. And he, uh, I watched well, Iona play in their game, championship huh? against Siena, and and they looked. I mean, they're good. They got some athletes. They got some big boys too. Like they're going to be able to. They're going to be able to play a little bit. But like, I don't know. I still, I mean, I'm picking Alabama. My bracket, Alabama is one of my favorite teams all year. Yeah. Um, it just stinks. I didn't expect Iona to be a 15 seed. I think it's because they kind of, they weren't even um, favored to win their conference. They they stole a bid and didn't, they had a lot of COVID issues. Yeah, I, mean, I think they exactly that's what they were saying on the broadcast. A lot of COVID issues. So their whole season was messed up to begin with. But I think. Uh, you know, Rick Pitino's got his players playing well right now. And, you know, whatever level you possibly can recruit at uh, Iona, you know he's getting those players. So it just – it stinks. I wanted them to be, like, lower than a 15 seed so I could realistically pick them. And maybe I'll do another bracket where I do pick them. But uh, I, it's not as big of a lock as the other – some of the 15 twos. I'll say that. All right. He He brought in a couple of players – and he also inherited a good situation. The reason they had a losing year last year is their head coach Tim Clues had health issues. But prior to that, they had more. They had made, I believe, four straight tournaments. 
So, yeah. uh, you know, Patino came in. Always been a good situation. program. Always been a good, yeah, it's a good basketball yeah, school. Yeah. And so is Siena, actually, the Siena. team that they beat. Yep. Um, but anyway. Fran McCaffrey he, came from Siena. Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah. One of my favorite Fran McCaffrey stories is that he and his wife could both got thrown out of the same game while he was coaching at Siena because he threw a fit. That's, I could be you, wrong, too. I believe Kevin Herter's dad is like an assistant at Siena or something like hmm. that. Even That's now, or right. was. And I'm trying to think of the Georgia Tech coach who uh, went to the Final Four, I think it was, uh, maybe 10 years ago. He was a coach at Siena, uh, Kevin something, I think it was. But uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, he's going to recruit nationally. Uh, Patino's looking to recruit overseas to way Gonzaga. He wants to make them the Gonzaga of the East. But anyway, yeah, Alabama. But I, I, I tell you, though, guys, um, I heard Jimmy Patsos make mention that he thinks Alabama actually might be a better matchup for Maryland than UConn. Because I think probably given Maryland's defense, they can slow down Alabama's ability to run up and down. That said, though, yeah, Alabama can shoot 50% of their shots are from three. That would, Maryland would have to win the ugliest game there because uh, Alabama is one of the best defensive teams in the country. But yeah, yeah. they but they could do that. They rely they on the three. They, and, when, and they've had a couple of really sloppy games this year where their threes weren't falling. Maryland has the length to defend the three, has the athletes to rebound. Um, Alabama's also missing a starter right now with a with a I don't know if it's a foot or ankle or knee, some lower leg injury. Um, they don't know if they'll even have him for the first round. That he is expected to return at some point, but he's was still in a walking boot as of yesterday. So uh, he's like their fourth leading scorer, maybe Josh Primo. Um, he if he doesn't play. Maryland would have a very good chance in this game. I, I really do think it's a much better matchup than um, than UConn is. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting if he plays. That's just one more, you know, bullet in the chamber for for Alabama. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the most unlikely ten to upset you could ever see. It, it definitely stylistically, if if Maryland's able to slow them down, because we all know Alabama likes to run. If they're able to slow them down and prevent those three threes from falling and actually get some, they would have to make it an ugly, you know, 55-50 game. But they could do that. Which, yeah, they'd have to make it a Big Ten game, which Alabama would not like. Um, and, yeah, they'd have to make the, the little plays to win. Yeah, Ken well, Palm's got them as, what, the ninth fastest as far as tempo goes. Yep. Um, so they like to run way more than even and Michigan State likes to run. Iona likes to run, too, just based off of uh, – Based off of um, Patino's Patino. past, yeah, so right. that'll probably play into Alabama's favor in the first round. The, the thing is, though, and I know everybody immediately looked ahead to Alabama and said, "Well, we're not getting by the second round." Well, first, you got to get past UConn. I think Pat, you talked about that—that that it's not going to be easy matchup, and they're yeah. a seven seed for a reason over Maryland, who's a ten seed. But Maryland it plays in the Big Ten. Look at the amount of teams that they've played who are ranked that are so good. And they played beat, Michigan and beat times. a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And beat. They played on the Illinois. road. Mm -hmm. They played Ohio State. You know, I, I know Wisconsin's had a down year, but still, that's a good win at Wisconsin. They're not going to be phased by Alabama. Now, at the end of the day, there's some teams that just have the firepower that they can't match, like like maybe an Alabama, certainly a Baylor. Uh, we saw Michigan earlier in the year before Livers' injury. Yes, but that all said. I don't think they go into many games in this tournament if they should continue to advance 
where they're going to be in over their head that much. And I, I don't see that Alabama game being one of them either. No, you're right. And I feel, I'm sure they feel the same way. That's, I mean, it's a and great point. Yeah. As they should. You're right. I mean, they, they have proven, I mean, they've beaten the team that people are saying is the hottest team going into the tournament, maybe sans uh, Gonzaga, but Illinois, you know, Without everyone Iowa. loves Illinois. Yeah. Without Ayala, I mean, they beat them at Illinois. Um, they're not going to be lacking confidence at all. It just, I guess it's whether or not they sometimes, and Turgeon even says this a lot, like when they get off to slow starts, they start to kind of, their body language, they hang their head and like they get down on like the confidence. Is like They need to maintain the confidence, especially realizing that, you know, they might be coming in kind of cold given the COVID protocol in the bubble and all like just defense, 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 take the easy offensive buckets, drive. You can scrap. This is going to be a very scrappy tournament, and they could scrap scrap games out. I know we were kind of joking about it, and I don't, I don't want to say I realistically see it happening, but like if Maryland made it to the Sweet Sixteen, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Yeah, I think the the path sets up well. I think the matchup the against matchup. Alabama yeah. is a good one. Yeah, uh, and you see that. I mean, so much in the tournament. It's not about necessarily about your seed. It's about your path. Mm-hmm. You know, who's got the easier path. And we talk about that all the time, you know. And, Did and we even have to leave Indianapolis to? Because uh, isn't that where the Big Ten tournament was? So did, yeah, we, they've been up there the so whole. They time. just stayed there. I mean, well, yeah, they stayed. They're probably acclimated to just the whole area and the whole situation. I don't know, man. This um, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't no, hurt them. Yeah, you're talking to you're talking yourself. I'm into talking myself Maryland into like the, the worst bracket 16. of all time. Why do we yeah. have to do this podcast? Picking Maryland over Michigan in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. See, well, you know, without without <laughs> livers and yeah, the, a, four, a fourth time, no, a fourth time. It's really hard like, to beat a team that many times in a season. Many, so. Yeah, yeah. It, it, look, they've seen it before and without livers, and it, hey, yeah, you never. I don't you know. know you they'd be getting yeah. past Texas or Florida State. I actually like I. I don't, you know, I hope no one in my pool is listening to this podcast, but uh, I, I like Texas out of that region, to tell you the truth. I, 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 I think have the, um, I have them losing to Abilene Christian. Oh, okay. I've well, seen that a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Clark Kellogg had Texas going. This is why play. I never win yeah. my. Well, nah, and you know what? It's always the ones that people don't think are going to happen. So you might as well. Uh, well, there's always sorry, one. Sorry. Team, right. I mean, a the lot final of people pool. are hot on Texas right now. The final four, and then Shaka Smart there, who had uh, a run with VCU. But yeah, he's, yeah, he knows how to do tournaments. He does. The last several years, what have we seen? The hair now. Three, three of the four final four teams have been top three, four seed teams. And then you get the one that's a deeper seeded team that's your Cinderella team. And I don't, I don't know if a three classifies, you know, as a as, Cinderella, but. No, no, no. I didn't say, I didn't say that. I oh. said. Usually in the final four, you get three of the four teams that are usually oh, yeah. two or three type seed, and then yeah. the fourth team right. is a team that may be you know a seventh and eighth and ninth seed. Uh, so who's yours, that. Mike? Who's your who's your? Because I've got I right now for completely, but I, let me let me get a quick go ahead. Because I'll just say right now, now my bracket we talked about it before. It's totally in flux. The next everything I right say, now, is I have slowly. Wisconsin everything in the final four. Oh, that's not a bad little sneak, uh, like little dark. Because I think. Because I think Baylor is probably the weakest. Now, I say weakest. I mean, Michigan might be without livers. But I think Baylor's got some weaknesses. I think Wisconsin's way under. Yeah, yeah, I think. So, and from there, I mean, you've got what? They've got to knock off either Ohio State or Arkansas. 
You know, their path is is pretty easy once they get past Baylor. I, I tell who, you, who that? Team oh, Wisconsin. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think Texas yeah. Tech in that region for the same reason. I like Texas Tech a lot because yeah. of Chris Beard yeah. and Mac McClung and and I like Ohio State too. I'm I'm kind of torn mm-hmm. right now between Texas Tech and Ohio State to see which one I want to come out of that region. Well, let me throw one out at you now. Produce. They're they're a blue blood team, but they are seated eighth is North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They've got size. I mean, look, the the it contrasts the styles against Wisconsin. Wisconsin just it, something's off with that team. I year. can't pick that game. I have no idea. It sounds like one of you really likes North Carolina and one of you likes Wisconsin. So I'm I'm walking away from this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching that game and North Carolina's gonna win and I'm gonna be screwed if I, if I keep the badges in the That's in a the really final risky move. It is but you know, you look at that. I mean, I you know, North Carolina, I think can can definitely get past Wisconsin. Then they match up with Baylor athletically fine. I mean, on the boards, uh, you know, they may not be as talented guard wise as Baylor, but they can play with Baylor. They can win that game. And then you're looking, yeah, they may have to face, I guess, uh, you know, Purdue at that point. But you know what? I'll, okay, Purdue's a really young team. Um, and again, Carolina's got a lot of size to the front court there. They're not your typical team. So that, that's one team. But let's not forget there's a team out there that uh, has the player of the year and has two really good guards and could shoot from three, and that's Iowa. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're a dark horse team, yeah. but I know they haven't played well down the stretch. They're going to have to step it up. But they certainly have three players on that team that could get them far in this tourney. They've kind of started to fly a little bit under the radar because, yeah, they've lost some games here as of late. I actually think they're they're the most likely two to lose. I was thinking about making them go down, um, and I think I would have Oregon maybe beating them in the second round. I don't know. Something about Iowa, I don't trust their defense, which has looked a little better recently, but now their offense is a little off. So, like, something seems off with them. They, they historically, with Fran McCaffrey, haven't done all that great in the tournament. They've kind of underachieved a little bit. Um, I I don't know. But they're due, they're due to step it back up. I guess that's what I'm kind True, of and and you know what? They do have the player of the year, and I might change my mind because, like, honestly, I don't like anyone in that quadrant. Like that, I I hate how I have to have one of those teams go into the Sweet Sixteen because um, I don't love Oregon either, but yeah. uh, I do like Dana Altman, and um, and he, he does fairly well. Yeah, too. and they have yeah. some some decent bigs that might be able to match up. Make you know maybe able to negate guards a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you are right. I mean, I always got some good guards too. Like they'll, they're, they're a good team. I think grand Canyon, I don't know if I'll exactly have them winning, but that's actually, uh, if I'm going to place a bet, I'm going to take the points with grand Canyon on that. I think they're going to be the one that gives Iowa a little bit of a scare. A couple other teams I've heard that people like uh, Tennessee, uh, yeah. Is there? They're missing um, a player as well, concussion protocol, but also a face fracture. He took a really bad elbow. Hmm. Um, yeah, so he's a key player. I think he they can maybe get past the first round without him, but I'm hoping he comes back for the second round. Because, yeah, I think they're a Final Four type possibility or Elite Eight possibility if they're full strength, but he's a, he's a key senior. Getting past Illinois is going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. How about San Diego State with uh, former Maryland player Josh Tomajic? That's another <laughs> one. That's another team that people Holy have. crap. I, I'm changing my bracket right now. I had <laughs> Syracuse, and no way am I picking Syracuse because Josh Tomajic is about to body someone. 
Wow. Uh, San Diego State. No, I mean, I mean San Diego State is is one of those teams that I uh, people are people are talking about them as a potential Cinderella. I mean, I've right now. I mean, they're like I mean, every year. Like, I mean, besides the one time they were like a one seed or two seed, they're like everyone's Cinderella every year. I honestly can't say I've watched much of them. I mean, they, I I know they're good. Yeah. It's the how other. About, how about ahead. Rutgers? I like. Because yeah, I've got like them knocked right now. I've got them rocking off Houston. I think I have the same. Because um, I think Houston of the twos, and I know you I know, loved Houston we, early in the year. We talked about at the Alabama Maryland matchup and how that looks, you know, pretty good for for Maryland. But I think Houston is probably the weakest of the twos. And it seems like I feel like we always see a two, at least one, get knocked out before the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that Rutgers, I mean, Rutgers, Rutgers is players. a good 10 They just seed. have been so inconsistent. I, yeah. You know, they need Ron Harper Jr. And, and Geo Baker and all those guys to be them and, and all at the same time. Um, Houston, I just haven't really liked. Like, I, I watched most of their tournament, and um, they, they just didn't look as good as they had, you know, early in the year when I was really high on them. And just their conference in general wasn't as strong as it had been in previous years so although they did have a blowout win in the championship didn't they in their tournament or was it the other way around um i think they might have won the yeah yeah they won the championship handedly they, but that, they blew yeah. out they blew out cincinnati yeah well cincinnati that's because cincinnati wasn't supposed to be there cincinnati got a couple upset wins yeah they did they blew out cincinnati by like 20 or something like that but they um now getting there they had you know they struggled with memphis a little bit and even their last regular season game they struggled with memphis and i don't think memphis is that good obviously they they didn't make the tournament um yeah i just don't yeah i, I actually i'm with you on that one zach i, I like Rutgers there i definitely like them yeah. against clemson because i watched clemson their last game against miami and they stink i can't believe we lost to them yeah, they're uh, talk about the seven seeds. I mean, UConn is is good, but man, Clemson as a seven Clemson is stinks. They were good yikes. early in the year, but they and Florida too. Like, I'm not really big on Virginia Tech. I, I hate that I have to pick that game, but I might as well take the dog because Florida. I'm not. I'm not really that into at all. I, I heard uh, Cal Santa Barbara getting a lot of love, and some people felt. I believe it was Missouri. They felt Missouri. Uh, was it Missouri that got? Uh, the shaft a little bit. I mean, sixteen and nine, but I think some uh, Missouri's are... in. They're a nine seed. No, no, no. But I mean, guy, they should have been seated higher. Oh, Is it Missouri or Oklahoma? That something I have. I mean, I have Oklahoma. They're like fifteen and ten or fifteen and nine or something. I don't know. They, I have them winning that game. Um, Missouri's like the looking down at, at just at Ken Palm. They're uh, they're like the they're lucky to have that nine seed because okay, he's got them ranked fifty first. Okay, maybe I got confused. There were, I thought there was a team that th that said that uh, they they should have gotten a, a better seating than what they did. Maybe it was Oklahoma State that I'm thinking. Yeah, so. that they were saying about. I heard people say that about Oklahoma mm -hmm. State because they have some impressive wins. And what I think, oh, uh, they got a four. They I think I, they honestly, and it takes me a lot to say this because I'm kind of a turned into a Big Ten homer a little bit, especially with basketball. I think it's been the best conference for a couple seasons now, but. And I do think it's the best conference this year, but I think it could be the Big 12, too. It's I think it's we're splitting yeah. hairs. I think the Big 12 is as good as I've ever seen it. Uh, yeah, most of my Final Four is going to be Big 10 and Big 12 teams. You know, obviously Gonzaga's in there, but like every other team I'm considering is in one of those two conferences. Well, 
Well, I tell you, I think West Virginia, if they got that far, I think West Virginia I, could go yeah. against Illinois. I, I think they could beat Illinois. Yeah, I have I have it, West Virginia, Illinois, my Elite Eight, and that's one of the ones I'm kind of hung up on. Um, it's hard for me to go against Illinois. The one, Literally, the only weakness I could find is that they're like really not that good at free throws, which could hurt you in close games. Uh, West Virginia is better than them, but not by a whole lot. So it's... Again, splitting hairs, um, but those are that. I think that will be the elite eight matchup in that in that bracket. I gotta I tell I, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just gonna say, I think a potential uh, Tennessee Oklahoma State game could be that. That would be a really good matchup to watch. That would be a fun game. That and either yeah. one of those teams will give Illinois fits too. So people who yeah, have Illinois in bracket will be will be sweating that one out. I tell you something, and I was talking to my dad about this today, as much as it pains me to say being a Michigan fan, A, um, you know, not playing their best ball going in. They're certainly the weakest of the four number one seeds because of the livers injury and some of the losses. But see, and I know they lost to Illinois, but Ohio State impressed the heck out of me. Not that I hadn't seen them before, but they yeah. impressed the heck out of me. And I'll be honest, I know Coburn had 11 points in the first half, but I thought Liddell – bodied him up pretty well in the second half. And I, I'm thinking Cokeburn should be more aggressive here. I got to be honest. I didn't come away from the totality of that game overwhelmed by Coburn. I thought he should have been more aggressive. But the bigger point, though, is Ohio State impressed the heck out of me. And uh, I tell you, Dwayne Washington, man, that guy delivers his clutch, uh, does it all. But they've, they've got themselves a pretty darn good team there. Yeah, potential matchup with Arkansas. Could be interesting. Um, I actually I know a lot of like people, Colgate a little bit. Yeah, I know a lot of people are saying that, and I kept going That's back. That's going to be a high-scoring game. The only thing that is that they play the same style, and that would lend itself yeah. to the high majors as opposed to the yeah. low. So I don't know if I can bring myself to pick it, but I yeah. watching Colgate play in their uh, championship, I was impressed by them. And they, you know, they're not the most – they don't have a ton of athletic guys. They have mid-major type guys, but they – uh, shoot very well and they are cohesive they have a lot of seniors they they don't have a great conference but they blew everyone in their conference out they their their uh average margin of victory for the season was 18 points per game so well, they played Loyola my alma mater in the Patriot League final and and Loyola came in like six and ten and it was a five-point game at halftime but Colgate made I think several more three-pointers. That was a real difference in the game, and they pulled away. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, with Baylor, I know Baylor can score points, but Baylor, if I'm not mistaken, they've got – I don't know. I mean, I think they're – you know, they can run up and down, but Baylor's got like four or five guys that can shoot the three. They're kind of like Alabama in that regard. Baylor's got four or five grown men who, you know, yeah. will be playing in the NBA, basically. Yeah, they – that's what I think makes them scary and why I – I kind of all season was like, I know there'll be one seeds, whatever. Hopefully, hopefully they're on opposite sides of the bracket, which they are. But I, I kept feeling like I'm going to have Baylor and Gonzaga in my finals all year. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga, I'm going to have there. I know that they'll probably be my champion. I don't know if I'm going to go there with Baylor yet because I like so many teams. I think they have a tough road um, with either Ohio State, Texas Tech, whoever they end up playing. Um even before that, you know, like you got, you were mentioning with um, North Carolina and Wisconsin, neither one of those teams. Um, Purdue. Purdue. I mean, Villanova I mean, lost yeah, their, their point guard. is hard. But, yeah, their path is hard. And and I don't know, you know, especially since they're, they probably had the weakest defense of any of the one seeds. Um, they, they get in a shootout. Who knows what could happen? But 
we'll see. Um, Illinois seems like a decent, you know, Illinois or, or West Virginia, I think, could be a, a finals candidate. I mean, let's not forget West Virginia almost beat. They were Gonzaga's closest game this season. Took them to the brink early. So I've I, every time I've watched West Virginia play this year, I've been impressed. Um, they got you know, the only thing about Huggins is he's never been able to get to a Final Four, or maybe once I should say. Once, maybe um, yeah. This, is, this could be the year. This could be the year. Yeah, yeah. We still thought about Turgeon though. He's a well. It's true. He's, but he's, a very, yeah. he's a very unheralded <laughs> coach though. Well, last year would have been the year for Turgeon to, to get the monkey off his back and make that run. Obviously, it's going to be a lot tougher. And once you get into the tournament, it's really tough to prepare for that pressing, you know, zone that they play. Yeah. Um, first game, you know, you can be prepared for that, but they'll have to, you know, get past Moorhead State, who that's another uh, mid-major that I loved. I thought they were going to be – I wanted to pick them, but I don't think I can go there. I don't think I can eliminate a team I've liked in West Virginia all season long. Yeah, I knew I was going to go with 114, and I was I thought Col- it was going to be either Colgate or Abilene Christian. I mean, Abilene so. Christian, that's a nice one because that's a nice contrarian. That's the only one I, I've heard like once, and hmm. you, you're like the second person I hear picking that, and that I'll means it's it. probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to yeah. screw me because I have Texas probably in my final four. Well, he, here's the biggest question. Gonzaga, everybody talks about them being. I hate the having team. the same pick as everyone. It stinks. I and, just think they're the yeah. Can they do that? Can they be the first in 76 to go undefeated to win a championship? But uh, they've got to have a lot of pressure on them yeah. because I, I know uh, one of the talk show hosts I listened to nationally kind of beat up on them and probably a little bit too much. But he said, hey, look. For all the love they get, Few's been to one Final Four, and they play, in a, they play in a dog crap conference. Yeah, Few has here. not done well with no. the pressure in the past. They've been one seeds before. Actually, many, I feel like they're one seed every year. Yeah. yeah. I, Man, they, I mean, he's had a mix. I mean, he's been there so much. He's had mixed success. He has had first-round exits, but he's also made it to a, fa- a fair amount of regional finals. He's been to a Final Four, and, and so it, it's all over the place. But the bottom line is, you don't have a championship. I, might have been to go against I, I mean, I think their region is so easy. Oh, no question. I, I don't is. see them. I don't. They gave them a cakewalk they into the final. Well, you're four. the number one overall seed, so I guess you. And I'm okay with that. So yeah, they we they and I don't blame the NCAA for wanting to see an undefeated team and having that great story, and yeah. it, it, it makes for a great story, especially after not having a tournament last year. Um, the question becomes then once they get to the final four. Can they, you know, match up with these with these elite teams? Um, and they're my only Final Four team that's locked in. Maybe Texas. I really like Texas. Um, but the, struggling with the other side of the bracket, guys. I, I don't have answers there yet. Yeah, I you mean, the- Gonzaga's region also has the two teams that have had the biggest COVID issues recently in Virginia and Kansas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How do they I know a lot of people are leaving. Are they not like... Think about that. Like, <laughs> I know a lot of people are thinking Ohio over Virginia. I think I actually their, their have COVID issues. I have Ohio over Virginia. Yeah. I think that that's a good pick right there. Virginia's COVID issues seem to be worse than Kansas's, and they've also got a slightly tougher matchup with Ohio. Kansas plays Eastern Washington. Yeah, but both of those. I mean, like I said, my bracket, like most people's, is fluid, mm. and if you know. 
if this continues the next couple of days where it's like Virginia's not even in the building until yeah, they, however well, long. I haven't really like paid attention closely to the um, yeah. backup team protocols, but my understanding is like if you know these teams, these last four teams out, like Louisville and yeah, whoever the others are, could Saint step Louis in. Was one of- yeah, they they could step in for any seed. So they could literally be a one seed if like. Gonzaga had to bail out, yeah. which is crazy. It's gonna totally screw not, everybody's bracket. I just hope I just, everybody's brackets are screwed God, anyway. Yeah. But there's no way anybody has a perfect bracket this year. Oh man, I hate yeah, this right now. Actually, now nah, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Sorry, I'm watching the the Daily Wager betting show in the background right now. It's on the background <laughs> on my TV, and they're saying like 97, I think it was, or 93 percent of the public money is on Ohio against the spread in that Virginia game. So wow. maybe that is a good, I mean, that's against the spread. So maybe I will, I don't know if I'd want to go against the spread there and, and take all that public action, but like, cause it's only seven and a half they're saying, but that's a, oh, yeah. that's you a, got a thin, pound. yeah, that's a thin line for a four thirteen matchup. That's probably the thinnest four thirteen, And it's gotta be because well, but Virginia. Virginia plays teams close anyway. They don't score. That's true. That's true. I, Ohio has COVID another issues. potential uh, NBA guy too, in James Preston. So hmm. um, those guys, it usually takes a guy like that on a mid major to win these type of games. So pack line yeah. defense. Yeah, we'll see. I have Ohio on my bracket. That that's one of my upsets that I have locked. Well, it in. was what I think it was. What three years ago today was the UMBC game? Yes. Yes. Three years ago today. Yeah. Yep. So. Virginia's due. They won the national championship two years ago. They're due for another first round exit. Yep. You know <laughs> that's what, the you way know, it works. Yep. You know one thing that came up talking about Gonzaga that they did play some good non conference games and they always do schedule some tough teams before their conference, which is not very good most most years. St. Mary's BYU, I guess the exception there. But the uh, the thing is though, some of the teams that they beat, obviously, that's early in the season. And even though, like for instance, West Virginia played them close, but those teams are, in some cases, in most cases, better now. So if Gonzaga played West Virginia, let's just say February 20th, would Gonzaga have won that game? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, and, and I know that that's the case with all, but the difference being is that Gonzaga doesn't get tested after January 1st. These conferences that we're talking about, like the Big Ten, the Big 12, even the, the Big East, for instance, or SEC, they're getting battles at some point along the line. Gonzaga really isn't getting tested at all after January 1st or so. so just something- they do test yeah. themselves early, but that is a good point. And that might explain why they've never won the big games. Cause they, they go on a 20 game stretch of not playing anyone. Um, and it may explain, and I don't know if this holds true, but it seems like, you know, they're either a real early round exit or they make a fairly deep, run not not typically to the final four but you know i feel like yeah they, i'm really years where they make a run feeling. and then they, this podcast gives me a lot of my gut feelings i feel like because we talk <laughs> a lot of it out but like I, I don't think i'm gonna pick them as my winner i've been saying the whole time i'm gonna pick them as my winner they final four yes but i don't think i could do it because i could see them busting a lot of brackets this year and just being that team i don't know it sets up nicely for them but it's basketball. It only takes one game. I mentioned it before we started. I think we're going to see more upsets than are typical. Yes, sir. Just because of 2021, yeah. because of COVID, because of replacement teams, because, you know, you're quarantining. I just think it levels the playing field even more. You know, you're not traveling. 
mm-hmm. um, to various regions. You're all in one spot. It's going to be the most co- cohesive teams. The, I mean, I would my advice for people would be look for teams with good coaches that can keep it together. Look for mm-hmm. teams of seniors. Look for teams of tough, you know, tough teams. So that that yeah. would be my advice. Big Ten. There's Big a lot Ten of those. Teams. There's a lot of those. <laughs> Big Ten and Big Twelve, and I kind of like the SEC teams. The top of the, uh, not not all of them. Well, they, a lot of them didn't get in, but you know, the top of the heap. Um, those those teams are tough. They scrapped all year. They they were very uh, very scrappy and and fun to watch. So I think they could surprise some people. Yeah, I Arkansas Arkansas looks good. People if, if like that, get, and I do too. If they can get past yeah, Colgate. They, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which, like we mentioned, they play a, a very similar style, so they shouldn't. Uh, it should be a high-scoring game. Yeah. But Tennessee, uh, Alabama. I mean, they. Yeah, Tennessee. LSU even LSU's a team. I think I might have them beat Michigan in the second game. They mm-hmm. can bring it. A lot of seniors, um, a lot of tournament experience. We'll see. Yeah, they. I, no, no question. No question. I've I've seen people say that. So yeah, I'm not very bullish on Michigan, unfortunately. Um, again, even when they had livers towards the end uh, in the last couple of games, they didn't get the uh, fast pace uh, breakout offensively that they're normally do. And I, I felt like actually livers and Wagner um, were hesitant in being aggressive and shooting the basketball at times from the outside from three. So I just don't like the way they've looked recently, even when livers was playing. So I, yeah, I could see them being bounced in the second round or, or, or the sweet 16. Yeah, this is going to be a fun tournament. I always do a, um, a bracket based on which mascot would win in a fight <laughs> on the matchups. And I think I need to add this year, which coach would win in a fight. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so Michigan's my national champion, I guess. I guess um, in that one, yeah. You're welcome, Jawan Howard. I was um, when I said that earlier too. I started trying to like rattle off some other ones in my head that would be good. And yeah, Bob Huggins would B- fight dirty. Bob Huggins was the second one that came to my mind. Man, yeah, he's he's getting up there though. Yeah, he's got yeah, a few, but he's a he's big got a few pounds run around. He could yeah. run around. Leonard Hamilton. I feel like you know sneaky yeah. old tough. Yeah, and yeah. Jawan Howard, like that Leonard one, Hamilton. Yeah, he's that heavyweight one punch slugger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Jay Wright would not want to mess up his suit. Yeah, so Jay, Wright's, Jay Wright would just hire someone to fight for him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Tom Izzo uh, might make it a couple rounds, but he'd be crying on the corner yeah. by the end of it. Van McCaffrey might be a real psycho. Uh, so oh, yeah. Dark horse. He is a psycho. Yeah. He got a contract. <laughs> and he's really tough. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy, that guy might be Boy. the dark horse. He's a piece of work. Yeah. And Juwan Howard's biggest threat, Penny Hardaway, probably is uh, not in the tournament, so it does not count. Okay. I'm I'm saying, you know, if if you get that that Leonard Hamilton Juwan Howard matchup, that would be the one to watch. That would be nice. Put, that, put the two of them in a ring. <laughs> so two things to remember too: the last time Illinois won the Big Ten tournament was 05, and they went to the final. They lost to North Carolina. Mm. But the other thing is. Big Ten hasn't won a title since what? Oh, was it 2000 or 01 with Michigan State? So the Big Ten's due here. Very due. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I like the optimistic look because some people would be like, oh, they're not going to win. They never win. But, hey, they're due. Yeah. I might have a true Big Ten. If if there was ever a year for the Big Ten, it's this year. As of right now, I'm leaning towards Ohio State and Illinois in the Final Four. Yeah, I, it's a, tough to uh, tough to argue with that. Illinois and Wisconsin right now are 
our mind, but who knows? That's that's going to change a million times. Um, Usually to a team that's really good that gets a scare early on but is able to survive it, that usually has been good for them as compared to, say, yeah. blowing out their first-round opponent. True. Sometimes you get a scare in round one, and that really ignites them and gets them going. And I, you've seen that sometimes, at least with higher-seeded teams. Yeah. I think they're all going to have tough 1-8, 1-9 matchups regardless. So that's going to be... Yeah, Illinois with Loyola Chicago, potentially. Right. That That's not going to be easy for the Illini. No, neither would, you know, Wisconsin or North Carolina. Neither yeah. would Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is going to... I'm pretty confident they're going to advance over Missouri. And yeah. uh, they're they're going to be a tough team for Gonzaga. Um, that'll be a tough matchup. That could be the one that busts and, everyone's bracket. Who knows? And Michigan, whoever they play, whether it's LSU or the Bonnies, I already got LSU. Both of those are tough yep. matchups. Yep. Yeah. So, and I'm not even confident LSU is going to beat Bonaventure, but if they beat Bonaventure, I got them. I got them beating yeah. the Wolverines. I'm pretty sure. Well, for more of this this conversation, take, we're going to move all of this over to the message boards at Baltimore sports and life the next few days. And as the tournament goes, um, we've got a good community. They're all, they're all ready to talk. Um, so that's going to be fun as we watch this, compare your brackets, all that good stuff. Uh, that's Baltimore sports and The message boards, join us there. Um, we'll have articles fo- I'm sure following whatever happens with Maryland. Um, and we'll have uh, specific threads on the message board dedicated to those games. Follow us on Twitter at talking turfs BSL. Uh, and for my co-hosts, Mike Popovic and Pat Donahue, I'm Zach Kiesel. Roll Terps.